0: and what happened is in the church house i think i think we were raising people up based on their giftings and their talents and their look and their vibe and i think we forgot like some foundational things like when when the winds hit it's it's not the decor it's not your gifting it's not your talent it is do you have a foundation on cultural alignment and development? Do you have character formation and identity? Do you have doctrinal and theological congruence? And do you have core competencies in your life? And we don't think about those things all the time, but when they're not there, when the storm hits, you find out real quick what you've built.
1: This is The Leading Second Podcast, where we are on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise uncommon leaders. The Leading Second podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle, from the second chair for the second chair. This is Leading Second.
2: Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart. Welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast, Season 5. So excited and honored, really, uh, that you found your way to this space and you're here today. If you're new to the podcast, I feel like we have a lot of fresh engagement right now. I just wanted to say welcome uh, to your new tribe. If you lead from the middle in your church, you just have this heart. You love God's church. You want to get it right for your pastor. Maybe you serve on staff. Maybe you serve as a volunteer, whatever the case may be. Um, If that's you and you just want to be what we call an uncommon church builder, Uh, You found your home, you found your place, uh, you found your tribe. We're here to build you up in your calling and in your service toward God's church. So, so excited you're here today. And uh, man, we've just got so much coming up in the life of Leading Second. If I haven't had a chance to do so personally, I want to personally invite you on behalf of Lindsay and I to join us at Leading Second Camp our two uh, conference style events happening next spring, next February in Salt Lake City, Utah, and next March in Calgary, Alberta. First time to be at two events in two nations. Hello. And uh, we're just believing for a great day. It's, it's our opportunity to come together and fan into flame the gift of God that is in you like Paul's instruction to Timothy, because we believe on the inside of every second chair leader, every leader in the middle, there is a, a call of God. There is a a lane for you to run in in ministry. There's a vital role you play for your pastor and for your church team. And we just want to build that up. It's your personal summit. It's your personal day with God to hear messages tailored toward uh, your unique place in church life. So leadingsecondcamp.com has all the details for you. I would just love for you to feel invited to come and be with us at one of those events. It won't be the same without you. Bring your team. Don't come alone. It's going to be awesome. So today we are beginning a four-part series that I'm really excited about in the life of Leading Second. Today we're kicking off a conversation on things that will take you out of ministry. I know that just got heavy fast, but I think it's important that we take time here or there to talk about some things that are weighty, some things that are necessary, because what I've learned... After 21 years in uh, ministry, I've grown up in the same church. uh, What I've learned about longevity is that there will come different seasons and different times where you will experience things that will try to get you out of the game. And we just want to shine light on those things. We want to give the devil no foothold in our life uh, so that we can run strong for the kingdom, And ultimately hear those words, we long to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So today we're going to start um, by having a really important conversation on cultural alignment and congruence. And I've invited uh, the team from Coast Life Church in Venice, Florida to kick this series off with me today. So I hope your heart's open. I hope wherever you're listening to this today... Um, this episode finds you receptive. Uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Coast Life team on things that will take you out of ministry. Let's go. Well, hey, I am so excited today uh, to welcome back to the podcast, uh, the Coast Life Church team. Say what's up to everybody. Come on, hey,
0: hey.
2: Come on some of my favorites, don't tell the others, um, <laughs> but I love you guys a lot. And uh, today we are going to have a, a vital conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. I'm going to go so far as to say today's conversation could save your life. I, I believe in it at that level. Uh, today we're having a conversation on things that will take you out of ministry. And I just know that ministry it has its challenges Ministry has its potholes. Ministry also has um, lifestyle and living requirements on it. You know, the Bible warns us: "Don't all of you desire to be leaders? Uh, because you, 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 you're called to live at a higher level. You bring upon yourself the stricter judgment, as the Bible says." So, I think there's some conversations that are important that we get right, and we want to have those here on the podcast. So first of all, from Coast Life Church, I am joined by Pastor Jason Warman, the lead pastor of the church. Why don't you say hello to everybody, Pastor hey, Jason?
0: What's up, everybody? So honored to be with our leading second family. Uh love, love getting to hang with Brandon and all the all the family that are part of Leading Second, what an incredible uh, ministry and training resource and everything that Leading Second is doing. Just an honor to be a part of today's conversation. A, a really needed conversation
2: yeah and you are just that you are family to us we love y'all um of course i've been blessed to come around there for a long time but y'all yeah, are part back. of our tribe in in uh <laughs> yes we do and you're part of our tribe in in many ways and we we love you and then i am so excited uh to have trevor and lady richie on the podcast from the team say what's up to everybody guys
3: what's up doing? everybody
2: y'all are brilliant leaders brilliant culture creators if you can't preach well in front of trevor sitting on the front row him like standing up front row culture on on max it's like stomping the stage with his hand you know like if you can't preach well on that you just just quit i don't know
1: that's it gotta keep the heartbeat up
2: you do you do i'll never forget the first time i met you i think was just walking into a saturday night service at coast life and i thought my god what has got into this guy uh, this is this is amazing this is awesome i think we uh, just came like, from miami
1: it was a little bit of cuban coffee i think still running in my running in the veins
2: <laughs> i love it but I, I i'm having fun but you guys are great culture leaders and creators which Thank is you. exactly why i thought to have this conversation with you today. And you, and you also maybe tell everybody what you do in terms of leadership development at um, Coast Life.
3: Well, I am the executive programming director, so I oversee our worship, creative, and production teams, and really just you know what an honor it is to help build those teams up and oversee all of our serve team members that that join us. And you know, all all my favorite things is making sure that our weekend services are are happening with excellence. And that's one of the greatest honors of my life is to be able to work with people and and help our pastor's vision just come to life.
1: And then I serve as our executive next-gen director. So I get the honor and privilege to lead our kids, youth, and now our internship that's gonna be turning a year old in January. And so just a lot of different leadership development opportunities in the next generation and just seeing them lead strong all the way from when their kids start serving and then leading a, a strong youth group. It's a student run youth group. So we get to see their leadership skills on display and then they file down into that internship. So it's a great opportunity to see that be cultivated and be healthy. So,
2: And, and that that's what you guys are doing is so special and we won't make too much of this today, uh, but we have to say at the time of the recording, y'all are about what, three weeks out from a, pretty direct hit from hurricane Ian (laughs) on the the west coast of Florida and first of all we have prayed for you we love you guys what what a what a blessing you all have been able to be there in that community in this time but also I was talking to a member of your team the other day and it was like a week or two out and you guys were already having leadership night again or something I thought how hardcore is this church they just <laughs> took a direct hit from a hurricane and they're like leaders are gathered I mean that's special right
0: it is man it it, it was a it was a hard hit on our community um but I'm really proud of our, our church, our, our team, the, the leaders that we have, um, you know, it would have been easy for it to derail the church maybe for quite a while. Uh, our community is going to be a long time recovering from the storm, but man, our church is bouncing back in an incredible way. I'm super proud of, uh, obviously you got two of two of our, Trevor and Lady, two of our best and most awesome leaders right here, but I'm just proud of all of our leaders.
2: Yeah, and I just wanted to say it because you guys are are a couple weeks out from a hurricane, and yet you have made time to invest in leaders across the local church by doing this recording. So just we have, our we have power and internet. We're, just,
0: we're here for power and internet right now. Just, <laughs> an Amazing
2: thing. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, we actually had another podcast scheduled with a member of your team, like the morning that the hurricane was supposed to hit. And he actually called and asked our permission to not record. And I thought, you don't need my permission to not record this right now. You need to go find shelter, my friend. You don't need to feel bad about this. Uh, so anyways, y'all are hardcore for Jesus and we love it. And God's going to do a great thing in this season, I believe, through your church. So. Okay, so for today's conversation, um, we're talking things that will take you out of ministry. And there is a, a big area we wanted to start with today, and that is what we're calling cultural alignment and congruence. Some big words there, but I just want you to think about it for a minute. Cultural alignment and congruence. To give credit where credit is due, Um Some of these these topics and thoughts are borrowed from the Leadership Essentials research from Team Church. If you're not a part of the Team Church conference, um, Leading Second is a part of the Greater Team Church Tribe. And there's this brilliant, brilliant resource that Team Church has developed called Leadership Essentials. You ought to go to theteam.church and get signed up for receiving updates on the resource. It's an absolutely brilliant resource for you to use with your with your team, and we're borrowing some thoughts here uh, with that today on this podcast. And one of those areas that takes leaders out, uh, sadly, all the time in ministry is is cultural alignment. And pastor Jason, I'm going to go to you first. Why does this matter? Like, talk to us as a pastor. Why does this matter uh, to leaders?
0: You know, I, I go back to the, uh, there's an old cliche uh, around leadership and it's culture eats vision for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it, it's so true because a, a, a toxic culture will consume a healthy vision. It, it, it will absolutely just eat it up. And you can have an incredible vision. You can have, you can have the right mission, um, and if you don't develop the right culture, then it has a way of sabotaging. You know, the the Bible verse I go to is is David, when he was wanting to transport the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Um, the absolute right heart everything about it was right like he wanted the presence of god in jerusalem he wanted the the blessing and the protection and the favor that came from having the ark of god in jerusalem there was nothing wrong with his mission and his vision but if you, you know we're all church leaders we've heard this story david begins to transport the ark the way the philistines transported the ark which was on a cart. They get to a place where they they have a, a bump in the road and a leader gets hurt. Somebody who was just trying to serve gets hurt. And that's such a hard day in, in leadership when good intentions are are causing people to get hurt. And he, he, he steps back. He's angry. And the Bible says he asked an important question. And it wasn't, where should we be going and why should we be doing it? He asked, How can I bring the Ark of the Covenant home? And when you talk about culture, you're talking about answering the how question. Mission mission is your why vision is your where but sometimes what gets overlooked is your how and i i believe god is actually concerned about our how not just not just the results that we're producing not just the things that we're trying to manufacture and do and all the things we're trying to produce i think god is actually in in the how and the bible says he took 90 days and he he started to think think about how can we do this in a way that's god honoring how can we do this the way that god wants us to do it he finds out he needs to get some levites back involved and there's some leaders that need to help carry the weight with him. And there's, you know, all, all of these things that happen. And then you see when he answers the how question, you see that he's able to accomplish pro- fulfilling the vision and the mission that he had. Right. And when we don't answer the how question, it's so hard to grow. That's the problem mm. with with culture is is when you try to add something, it exposes whether or not you have a healthy culture. So as long as, mm. as long as you keep it small, maybe sometimes some cultural things can get overlooked. But the moment you're like, OK, well, we want to we want to add this leader. Well, when you add that leader, you find out whether or not you have a healthy culture. Right. <laughs> we, right. We want to add this ministry. And what happens is, you know, we learned this lesson the hard way. Like we we had somebody come in and just check our church out. And and they were like, hey, what you're doing on in the auditorium is great, but your growth track doesn't match your auditorium. That's right. It's the, the culture isn't extending to your growth track. I call it a Frankenstein culture. It's like Mm. one team's doing it one way. One leader's doing it one way and everybody has a different how, based on on an opinion or a thought that each leader has. And that's the power of culture, is it takes away all of the, well, if you get on this team, this leader does it this way. And if you get on this team, this leader does it that way. It creates a consistency, because when somebody comes to a Sunday experience and they enjoy the church, I, I don't want them to go have a completely different experience when they go to a small group. I want, I want them to go to to feel like the Sunday experience that they were in. When they go drop their kids off at kids' ministry, I don't want kids' ministry to have a different body part than the rest of the church that's family. Right. It, it should all be connected. And I think that's why the the power of culture is, is it's creating a, a level of consistency that we can serve people with excellence, that we can answer the yep. how. And if we don't answer the how, then it starts sabotaging why we're doing what we're doing, trying to reach people and where we're trying to go, the vision we're trying to fulfill. And I just think it's really important that we answer the how question.
2: That is an absolute brilliant setup on culture. And I think every, every leader listening would, would do yourself just, you know, just to pause this right now and, and consider uh, the clarity around your church's culture considering how you're approaching that but then this episode is taking it to cultural alignment so this episode is about things that'll take you out of ministry I just want to want to hear from a couple of you, why will misalignment or sustained misalignment in this area take somebody out of ministry why do we say that so boldly about this topic
0: you know, uh I'll I'll lead off on this one because it's it's something I'm so passionate about. Like I love what our our team church tribe is producing in the leadership essentials, uh, because uh, the the common thing I kept hearing from pastor friends after 2020, which I know we don't all like to talk about that very much these days, but the thing that I kept hearing was I thought I built more than this. Mm. Uh, and oh, wow. when it was all said and done, it was like, man, I and I'm I'm one of those. It's like, man, I thought we were stronger than that. I thought we had built something more than that. And and you know, the example that was that we used at Team Church Conference was uh, of a house. You know, when you walk into a house and you see the way somebody's furnished it and somebody's put the decor, it's beautiful. What you don't pay attention to is the foundation and the roof and you know we just had a cat 4 hurricane here in florida and i was not worried about the decor of my house in that moment <laughs> i was mm-hmm. wondering is my roof on oh, and is my foundation solid because when the winds came any any vulnerability in a house got exposed in that storm and it would be yeah. used to rip apart wow. and it wasn't how nice your couch was it wasn't your new lighting fixtures and what paint color not not that that doesn't matter any other you know that uh, i'm into all that aesthetics and all of that and what happened is in the church house i think i think we were raising people up based on their giftings and their talents and their look and their vibe and i think we forgot like some foundational things like when when the winds hit it's it's not the decor it's not your gifting it's not your talent it is do you have a foundation on cultural alignment and development. Do you have character formation and identity? Do you have doctrinal and theological congruence? And do you have core competencies in your life? And we don't think about those things all the time, but when they're not there, when the storm hits, you find out real quick what you've built. So I think I think this conversation, I pray that it helps somebody because I think we've got, as the church, we've got to build strong church houses by making sure Beautiful. the foundation is solid and the roof is
2: all tight. Beautiful. You you are going to have sermon illustrations for oh, years off of this. <laughs> it's, um, it's, like, it's like the one comedian that I walked on the moon. <laughs> you know, it's like the way to trump any, like, I my, my church yep. went through a cat for a hurricane. Let me tell you a few things That's about leadership, yep. you know? <laughs> I love it. I'm not saying God sent the
0: storm, so I would have sermon illustrations. Saying God works no. all things together for good. That's
2: there we go. I'm, there we go. That's good theology. So I'm going to now go to the second chair. I'm going to go to Trevor and Lady because I want to hear from you. Okay, Coast Life, I would say, has a distinct culture and has a, a um, culture that you can communicate. You're able to tell people this is, this is how we do things here and this is who we are. So how have you seen it affect a leader when they are misaligned with culture? How have you seen that affect them?
3: You know, that's a great question, Brandon. First of all, I'm so grateful for pastors who are really clear on the vision of the house. That makes it really easy for not only leaders under them, but for our whole church to know this is who we are. This is why we do things. This is how we do things because culture is really, it's the language of our community here at our church. It's the language like culture is language. And so in everything that we're doing, in essence, we're speaking to people, we're talking to people. And that doesn't just mean in the the physical act of talking. It means with how, even what we put on the back of a seat on a weekend matters.
2: That's right.
3: That's right. And, um you know, I, I love that our pastors not only care about finding leaders, they care about teaching leaders, how to be leaders. Yeah. And, uh, in that, uh, pastor Jason has always talked to, you know, shared with us is like, you, you can kind of tell when people are misaligned when they're using these voices, right. The voice of excuse, the voice of complaining and the voice of opinion. And so, How do you know if you're kind of misaligning? You kind of have to ask yourselves: Have my preferences become greater than the priority of the house? Um, You know, in the last two, three years now, our church has been hit with two crises. We had coronavirus, which we do not mention, and you know, we (laughs) just hit with a Category Four hurricane that has devastated um, not only our our area but so many of the lives of the people of our church that we're helping resource and anyone can walk through a season of health and and coast and blend into the culture but when the pressure is on and right. when we're stressed out what's in our heart is going to come out like we just had another crisis here in Florida but the strength of the overall culture of our church and our church leaders determined that hey we're in a healthy season you just mentioned it you said we, we're 3 weeks out and you guys are already having leadership nights and you know we right. just saw Almost, we're back to our regular program schedule on Sundays. Why? Because we understand that the church matters, especially the local church. And I think if if you can, you can tell, you can say to yourself, if I'm truly aligned, then when a crisis hits, I'm not. My culture isn't going to skip a beat. We're actually going to come together and overcome whatever the crisis is without making it about us or our opinions. We're going to say, okay, this is the vision of our church. We're still going to meet needs. We're going to tell people about Jesus. Um, so that's, yeah. Right.
2: And, and when you're out of alignment, all that feels like a weight. Uh, yep. e- every, every moment you just mentioned feels like a grind when you're, when, you know, when you're out, when you're out of alignment and the church opens up, uh, three weeks, you know, two weeks after, a. Her, well, yeah, I mean, you were open that Sunday, which, by the way, I just love that we have a hurricane in their mixes in our example today. It's like the most extreme example we could possibly offer for people. It's great. We're just eliminating excuses all over the, the 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 podcast here today. But, you know, when when you do that and you get the language of excuses or you get the language of preferences... Um, you just said it brilliantly when we when we put our preferences over the priorities of the house. I, I just th- that that is a rub, and that is a grind that is very real and very detrimental to someone's leadership health. When you are living under, I think sustained misalignment is one of the most damaging um, things we live under as leaders. Uh, Trevor, let me ask you this: How would a leader who's listening to this today? know if they're aligned with the culture of their church or not like how would they tell so
1: i think uh keeping them starting with keeping the main thing the main thing so if you look at what our purpose is as a church it's to bring people to jesus it's to bring the lost home and you'll know if you are misaligned if you are functioning on an island and so when you look at the church you want to establish it as something that's you know, the United States of America, it's connected, it's together. If you start running ministry on a team and you start to look like Hawaii, so everybody is on their own island running with their own priorities. Um, um, I, I think that's when you have to start asking yourself, like, am I? we all have a vision for our own ministry, right? So we get a vision from our pastors and each of us may have a separate, not a separate, but we have that next step of vision for our sure. ministry that we're over. But when that becomes the priority of our day, so sometimes it's just asking yourself, what does my day-to-day activity look like? And if my priorities, again, are that I'm doing my thing over the main thing. So when our pastor set vision for us, that is the main thing. We're driving and moving the church forward. And so that I have to make sure that my ministry is moving the mission and the vision of the house Forward. And so if I start prioritizing things throughout the week and those things start to take a back, like, and then we start getting checked on, hey, have you gotten this done? I love it. Pastor Jason sometimes will hit us with, that's great that you did that, but did I ask you to do that? And so that's great that we're getting things done, but if we are not keeping the main thing, the main thing. And so the main thing is to build church on Sunday. Sunday is the priority, getting people into the house. I think people say moving them from their one next step to another. And each of us in all of our ministries have a part to play in that. And so as a leader listening, I would just go through my day-to-day practically. What does it look like? What am I prioritizing throughout the week? And is the forefront of my mind thinking, is this moving Sunday forward? And I think if every team member does that, keeps the main thing the main thing, I think alignment is just something that happens you we, we, we're united under that one vision. Yep. We're going to move Sundays forward.
2: How about if somebody else gets past the ball and you get looked over, you know, how, how about that moment where like, does that reveal something about, because you, you're kind of going after this me versus we tension, you know? Um, and I always, I think it's a very interesting moment when, um, you know, Somebody else gets called on, gets passed the ball, uh, gets the opportunity that maybe you are wanting. It's a revealing moment. Am I in it for the house or am I in it for me? Um, I shouldn't say this because this is one of my little hacks. But when I'm interviewing team members and doing observation at church, it's the language I'm listening for. Are they referring to this house as we or are they referring to this house as they and me? Um, I shouldn't say that because I just gave it away, but that's, that's a huge tell, huge tell uh, right from the beginning.
1: And then I think it, it calls out the disconnection between whether or not this is about the individual or the organization. So like moving from verbiage like you to we to y'all, yeah. y'all did this to an <laughs> us mentality, that's yes. when you start moving from team members to saying, okay, I'm actually part of something. It's not about me getting the opportunity, but it's about the fact that the right person getting the opportunity. I think God will do that intentionally, will draw attention to someone else, really to check our hearts. Why are you actually in this? Are you in this to build your name? Are we in this to build the name of Jesus? And I think it's an important thing to go through as a leader is actually to be passed over so that you can in that moment say, okay, why did you get into this in the first place?
2: Right. What keeps the two of you aligned to the vision and culture of this house?
3: Um, I'll take that one. (laughs) I would say uh, having a really deep level of honesty and vulnerability with our team. Um, You know, again, sorry, Brandon, we've got the world's greatest pastors, like, like they just really just create a space for us to say, you know, there, there have been times where I just kind of throw my hands up and I'm like, guys, this sucks. And they're like, we know this stuff, lady, how are we going to get through it? And I'm like, okay. You know, like it it just provides a space where like being able to be honest, open, transparent. Like, I feel like that just allows um, for when we're going to step into something new, like it allows us to go okay we can do this together it, it again creating that we mentality that us mentality that um you know we we're, we're we're right behind our pastors holding their hands up saying this we're part of this vision and they're including us in that vision saying we're doing this together and i feel like that really just allows us to deepen the culture in our teams because it doesn't just stop at the at the staff level or at the executive level that really pours out because I'm going to my teams and then I'm saying, all right, guys, hmm. how are we stepping into this next thing? Tell me your fears. Tell me your concerns. And then we're saying, all right, but that's just what they are. Now, how are we going to get through this? Um, I think it kind of helps create a, a consistent, tenacious spirit. Yeah, where I mean. we're presented yeah. with something new. We're not going to bow like we're not going to out we're going to say okay we're going to stand firm we might have some questions but we're going to persevere and move forward um it's, you know it always reminds me of that scripture iron sharpening iron it's it's saying that we're all in this together and so we're going to make sure that we're um even when we're presented with something new we're expectant that we can overcome it we can do this with excellence and all of that
2: yeah and you just led me to my next question and i'm just going to have you you know, any, any of you expand on this one, but when does a team member move from simply being aligned themselves to also being able to develop culture in others? Because this is what it means to lead it is not just that I'm um, with pastor and I'm with the church and culture, but I actually know how to develop it in others, call it out in others, cultivate it in others. When does a team member cross that line and move into that space? you have any thoughts?
1: So the, the first thought that came to mind actually I uh, was in the education system for five years. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Bloom's taxonomy of understanding, but it's this idea of Absolutely the- Absolutely not. Okay. Well, it's actually, <laughs> you ready? Well, as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, yes, it makes sense. There's six levels of understanding. And so when we talk about students and giving them a test, you're assessing the level of understanding that they have, right? So- Knowledge would be the first one. It's very easy for me to tell you, hey, we're going to take a test and it's going to be on memorizing words. You're going to go home. You will memorize the spelling, come back, regurgitate them. And it does not mean that you have learned anything. So there's different levels in education that we, we, we test and assess our students at. And so this, these are the six levels. It's remembering, understanding, applying, analyzing, evaluating, and creative, creating. And we actually naturally do it with leaders. Right, so somebody steps into our church, and they immediately can remember the culture because they've been through the worship experience. So again, they can tell you, "Oh, there's they do some praise songs, some worship songs. There's some announcements somewhere in there." They start to remember, but it does not mean that they understand. That's when we start intentionally going through the process of saying, "Hey, there's a growth track. There's a leadership track. There's these these team nights." So now you're going from understanding to saying, "Well, now I can do it myself. I understand the why." And so now I'm going to start applying the culture. You do a shadow experience when somebody's serving. Now they're starting to to put it into action. It does not mean that they're ready to coach again. So then we start strategically putting in the evaluation on the back end of things. So you're evaluating a service. You're evaluating a worship experience. You start swatting things. This is when they start to be able to analyze is the culture that I just experienced, is it a strength, weakness? Are there opportunities? Are there threats? And you, what you're doing is training the team member to see what you see. Then they start evaluating the spaces they're walking into. Now this is when you can start seeing whether or not they're, okay, can you coach this? Can you not only analyze it, but can you evaluate and realize that is actually not what we do? And, we, and we, then we speak to it. When you're evaluating, you're saying, hey, that's not us. This is actually not the direction that we go. In. Hey, these aren't words that we, we actually don't use words like that. Hey, we do that this way. Yeah. And now we're protecting the how. And then that last and final step, that would be your director level, the people who are start creating culture that fits into the paradigm and the vision of the church. Yeah. And now these are people that are beyond the, and now this we they've used in the education system for so long. And I just think naturally in the church, we've picked up on, this is leadership development at its simplest because it's the way that our minds actually obtain knowledge and then apply it. So I think once you get to that analyzing, evaluating stage, then you're saying, as a leader, I can get something out of you. And now you can can actually replicate what you've seen happen here and you understand why.
2: Brilliant answer. I love it. I love it. Pastor Jason, I'm going to go back to you for a minute what does it look like for a team member to deepen the culture of the team? Like give, give us a picture of that. Cause I'm sure you've seen some leaders do this well on the team over the years, certain not do this. Well, I like, give us a picture. What does it look like for a team member to really thrive at deepening the culture of the team?
0: You know, uh, would, uh, Trevor just walked us through that. It, it, there's just some, it's brilliant. And just really the practical side of that is how you deepen it. You know, when I, when I think about them, um, first of all, a leader has to want to understand culture. Like I'm not forcing culture on Trevor and lady, their hearts are, they get it. They, they want to understand the culture. They want to apply it. So I think, uh, one is it's, it's a leader who has an awareness of culture And then we, we train that culture is what you celebrate and what you correct. So if, if you're going to celebrate, like one of the things people do without realizing it to harm culture is they start celebrating people for stuff that isn't cultural. (laughs) It's like, hey, this person did this and, you know, they're celebrating it. And as a leader, you're just sitting there thinking that person really shouldn't have done that. They they shouldn't have owned that project by themselves. We're a team church. Like, sure, mm-hmm. they were here 24 hours a day, seven days, all day this week. But actually, the better thing would have been to have right. passed that on to a team, you uh, And I, and I've sat there and watched people celebrate and it's like, okay, well, we got to celebrate the right things. Like we, we're, we're going to celebrate what, what is culturally unique to us. Like, Hey, this person built a team and this team handled this project. Okay. You just deepened our culture. You didn't harm our culture. Uh, Mm. and then you you deepen it when you correct the right things. It's like, no, it's not just based on my opinion. It's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't like that song or I didn't like it when you said that. It's like, no, yeah. this, I'm going to give it a cultural context. Hey, this is how we, we, this is the language we would use in, in saying that thing that you just said. So you're, you're coaching and, and you're correcting, but you have to have an awareness of it first. You have to have an understanding yeah. of it first, all the things Trevor just walked through. Uh, and then you celebrate and and correct. And then you're deepening the culture because every time you, every time you do something as a leader and, and you're like, Hey, we're going to celebrate, we're going to honor this person, which is a cultural thing in itself. But are you honoring the right things? Right. Because yeah. if not, You're, you're actually, yeah. what, what you celebrate gets repeated. Uh, you know, it, it's what people realize, Hey, that's, that's what people's eyes are on. That's, that's that's, right. that's how I win here. That's, that's what gets recognized here. And so it really gets a Im- Not just that you celebrate and correct, but it's what you celebrate and correct and then how you do it.
2: You yeah, you just said it so well, and I want to make sure everyone's grabbing it here. You know, I've I've heard it kind of said that that what you celebrate and correct are kind of the the guardrails or maybe like the bumpers on the bowling lane. You know, it's how it's how you win. It's how you score points, but over only using one or the other. Um, That could be a ditch on both sides of the road as well. You know, you can, you can have a culture that, that only celebrates and never corrects. And you can have a culture that only corrects and never celebrates. And and both of those would be a ditch. Um, I actually think maybe the most common one I'm coming up against right now is, is cultures that only celebrate. I know, I know teams want to win right now. You know, I know, I know leaders are looking for wins. I know that there's been heaviness to the season and I actually see a lot of leaders shine away from confrontation and shine away from correction, but it, it, it means as much to your culture as anything. Uh, yeah. so, so, so please celebrate and please party, but, but, but please correct your, it, your, your team won't see it as, as death, they they will see it as love. They will see my leader loved me enough to pour into me and correct.
0: Yeah, it's it's easy to correct until you put a face and a name to the thing you need to correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's easy for me to be critical of my favorite football team. I don't know any of those people. <laughs> I can, I can be analytical, critical. It's a lot different when it's somebody I'm going to sit face to face with. It it just, and to me, that's the other thing I would say is a leader has to have the conviction of culture. Mm. Uh, Do do you really Mm. have a conviction about the culture that you're in? Because if it's something you're like, yeah, that's great for them. You know, then, then you don't have the conviction to genuinely, I think uh, ladies talked about authenticity you don't have the you don't have the authenticity to really say this no. This matters to our church. This matters to our leadership culture. It matters because that that comes out of a genuine conviction that you're being honest with a person. Hey, okay. I, I, I need to correct this because this, this is something we really believe in. And it's not just like you said, it's not just they believe it. It's I, I believe that this is this is a core value to me.
2: Trevor, lady, I, I love your perspective today. Let's let's land the plane with this one what would you say to a leader who is out of alignment right now when it comes to culture? Like the, like we've nailed it today and they're there, they don't feel the conviction about it or they just, dis- they have disagree that they're living under. Um, just talk right to their heart right now. Like what would you say to them?
1: I'd say that the culture of the house um, or the how of how you're doing church and is actually more important to your personal life than you may understand. I I can speak from from a first-generation Christian. Um, A lot of us are trying to reshape and rebuild the way that you do, how you do life. And if you're planted in a healthy church with a healthy vision, with a healthy culture, and you are misaligned, it is probably the fact that you are leaning on something that is unhealthy in this season and recognize, I love it because you said this, this talk may actually save your life. It may, because it actually may save your faith. If you can have an honest evaluation of yourself in this season and say, if my pastors are healthy, if the vision is reaching people and moving church forward and the culture, the how is biblically aligned based on our values and our standards and our sound, and I'm the one that's misaligned it may be that you have stepped back into an unhealthy season and this may be God calling it back out of you like okay you went through something we went through COVID whatever it may be that you, you've uh, the season you're in right now it's maybe pointing out unhealth in you that and God is trying to say hey that's gotta that's gotta go the church doesn't have to go the, the culture doesn't have to go what's in you that's not from me has to go and so let's look at whatever the heart issue is. And let's deal with it because if we're honest, you know, we at our core we are sinners. And so, if we can be honest, we it wasn't yeah. a big deal when we got saved. We were like, oh yeah, I'm a sinner. But even now, leadership, we lean on those things that are unhealthy. They can take us out of ministry, but it can That's also true. take you away from your faith. And so, allowing your pastors and your leaders to hold you accountable, and when they show they show up at your front door and they say, hey man, you, you're you're misaligning this season. You're unhealthy. Taking that and saying, well, they love me. They've been there for me in my healthiest seasons. So they must be calling something out of me and trusting that in that season. And I think that it could it could it could it's wild, but it could it could save your life. It could save your faith.
3: Um, You kind of have to ask yourself, have I allowed the leaders in my life to speak into I am? Have I put, humbled myself enough to admit that I am not perfect, that I make a lot of mistakes? and have I given them really an avenue to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing in your life? The question says it, what would you say? I would say something um, if if I start feeling something in my heart that doesn't feel like it's right, that doesn't align mm. with the vision of the house, doesn't align with God God's word. I go to my leader and I say, "This is what I'm feeling, and I don't understand it." Um, and you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have leaders who, who who care about me and say, "All right, let's let's talk this out." But what I realized is that when we do speak about it, you know, like if it's us, if we feel like we're being if we're not aligned with what's happening in, the, in in our church, when we speak about it, what it does is it gives us the opportunity to realign with the culture. Very like, you know, like church is a family. We care about each other. Your leaders care about you. Um, you're, you know, like as leaders, I care about my team. Um, because what happens is misalignment will just grow if we don't talk about it. It's just going to grow, yep. and you know, like. There you go. We're gonna we're gonna play the long game with people. We're just not gonna play it in silence. Yeah, um, the devil have a foothold in any way. Um, and so I would just say, if you feel like you something's off you should go talk to a leader and say something feels a little weird. And I don't, you know, like they, they're, they're not going to shut you out They're They're going to love you through it. They're going to, they're going to be firm, but I believe they're also going to be tender. And I think that that's so important. Um, You know, if somebody does come to you and they're like, Hey, what's going on, what's going on here with my culture, I feel like something's off. And so
2: that's very good. That is Pure wisdom, we're gonna leave it right there today. That is pure wisdom because I'm just thinking back as you're talking through my own leadership journey, I've never had one problem with someone that came to me and said, "I feel off. something's mm-hmm. off. I'm not sure I right. agree. I have never one time had a problem with that. I've only had a problem when someone refused to lay something down or created issues in others more importantly uh, because yep. of it. so that let's let's get some light on this stuff, leaders. And lady, that is, that is brilliant wisdom today. I, I, I recognize as we close, we're talking about a subject that's important, things that'll take you out of ministry. If you're walking through something tough, right now in your ministry at your church and you just need some wisdom, will you reach out to us on Instagram? Will you reach out to us to the website? We will take time to respond, to walk with you because it matters to us. What you're facing matters to us. We want to see you in the game, healthy, thriving for a really long time in ministry. So thank you guys so much. We had a fun conversation today. Glad you guys were here with us. Thank you so much.
1: for joining us today. To find the episode guide, visit our website at leadingsecond.com podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond. And if you're looking to connect with other second cheerleaders, leaders, be sure to join us in the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.